Speaking the truth to the state capitol, this is Drive Time Lincoln with the commander, Jack Riggins, on the voice of Lincoln, 1499.3 KLIN. All right, here we go. Tuesday, February 14th, 2023. Happy Valentine's Day for those of you that have a Valentine out there, those of you that are young in love. And even those of you that are far beyond just saying, yeah, 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 it's Valentine's Day. Uh, either way, make it an enjoyable Tuesday. Uh, 48 degrees, feels like 46. It's raining on and off today. Winds uh, 5 miles an hour out of the west, and we are in a winter storm watch. I'm not a weather guesser, but uh looks like we'll have some snow maybe tomorrow. Uh, maybe the next day, but then it's going to get back up into this nice, beautiful February weather. And the snow will probably all go away, and this will probably happen two to three more times, and then we'll have a true spring here. But uh, that's Tuesday. actually have an exciting guest in today, uh, Matt Schulte, County Commissioner, um, Councilman, ca- Commissioner. I always screw that up. The Commissioner is right. The Commissioner. <laughs> yeah, the Commish. Um, and he made some news, which I had heard might be coming, amongst other things. Because, Lincoln, did you know that we are in a state of COVID emergency? Did you know that, Lincoln? Well, I didn't, but we are. So, Matt, welcome to the show. Thank you. Glad to uh, be back. I know that you are now aware of that, and you have actually told the people and have told your fellow fellow commissioners, hey, uh, I think it's time. Um, but you know what? Given this topic, I bet there's going to be tons of people that don't think it's time. Yeah. and. I know you've made yourself available on this show. So, folks, if you think that we should stay in COVID emergency, seriously, we want you to call in. 402-479-1400, Rick Stein Recognition Hotline. Just call in on the whole show. You know, if you're if you're against it going away, great. But I think both uh, the commissioner here, Matt Schulte, and I both think, are you kidding me? And that's my first question is, are you kidding me? Yeah. Yeah. So, no, you're not kidding me. No. <laughs> <laughs> we are still uh, officially in a declared state of emergency uh, for COVID. Um, that was something that happened uh, back in March of 2020 and is still in place uh, in July of 2021. So, what is that? 20 months ago, something like that. July of 2021, the state canceled their emergency declaration. But our local emergency declaration for COVID continues, and uh, I I do I think it's time for us to end this emergency declaration. So the declaration. state of Nebraska ended theirs roughly f- half, a year and a half ago. Yep. But somehow the Lincoln bubble that we always talk about for the weather has somehow <laughs> made it so that COVID, at least in our public health officials here and the county commissioners, yeah, said let's keep this emergency on. Yep, it's just can well, What's the justification? Seriously. Well, you know what? It's it hasn't been in the news until honestly you brought it up a good article by the way in the Journal Star with you. Yeah. Until you brought it up. Yeah. It just is so the, the way the declaration was set up is that it was set up the county one at least was set up to not have an end date. It, you know, there it, the presumption is is that at some point there will be an end date, but there was not like a hey, this is a declaration for 90 days or anything like that. And and maybe that would have been a wiser path to have taken so that there would be a clear end date and then you just maybe extend it 
as those times come and come if you need to. But this one had no end date. It was just set kind of in perpetuity. And so it continues to stay in place. Um, I, the argument that I've heard is that there's still people getting sick. So we need to be in a, in a man, but, but let, I mean, let's stop and, and, um, think about that for a moment. I think it's time to face reality. The pandemic has been over. I mean, the number of people getting sick is so small compared to where, I mean, it's just so small and we can get into the small in a second, but I do also want to recognize that COVID was a serious thing and it really did have some negative impacts on people's lives, mine included. Um, but the reality is the number of people getting this are so minuscule at this point. It's time to end the, end the mandate. The declaration. Yeah, I think um, you're right. It, COVID was a very serious thing. It reached, uh, by definition, pandemic levels. And um, as we all know, we, we stayed in mass a lot longer here. But it has essentially kind of filtered back into at this current time. And for a long time now, just kind of another respiratory virus uh, that's going around. And so I was just... You know, I, I guess the question is, is A, I, I think that most listeners, most Lincolnites would go, yeah, it's just time to get rid of that. Um, they would probably ask, was it just kind of a paper thing following through or were there benefits or are there future financial benefits or medicines, et cetera, et cetera, that the city and the county um, potentially get by staying in that state of emergency? Yeah. And right. There could be. A reason for someone to stay in emergency if in an emergency declaration if we are getting money for it. Like let's just say, hypothetically, we were getting a hundred thousand dollars a month, like, okay, we could be in one, but let's you know, there's but that's not happening. There right. is there is no money coming into Lancaster County currently because we are in an emergency declaration. Right. Um as a matter of fact, that would seem a little bit um just if the federal government has declared an emergency and is dishing out money, they're not going to only give it to communities that have also declared it because they've declared it. They've declared it for the whole country. So that, that just logically would not hold up. Right. Makes sense. So, right. Um, there is no additional monies coming in. Although if there were, that would be something for us to consider. Sure. Uh, County Commissioner Matt Schulte is on Drive Time Lincoln here. Um, Really kind of started off, we're talking about the fact that we still are in an emergency declaration for the pandemic. Um, he would like to see that ended. Um, if you're against that or for that, please call in. Um, and you know what? If you have another topic for a county commissioner, <laughs> call in too. We only get so many opportunities. 402-479-1400. Let me go back. Go ahead. I, I was in the, so let me, I mentioned a minute ago how small the cases of COVID are. So let's just, I just want to expound on that for a moment and give you two examples of how small the case of COVID. The number of COVID um, positive tests has dropped so much that they started measuring sewage to predict how many people were getting it. That, that tells me that so few people are getting, the, the people that are getting sick are not sick enough to go to the doctor. They're having to measure sewage to understand if this even exists in our community more. Mm -hmm. And so to me, number one, that shows me that the, the, the seriousness of cases is way down. I pulled up the statistics as well. Um, in On average, 23 people a day in Lincoln are victims of violent or property crime. So we've got you know significant crime. Twenty three people a day are victims of that. That's a serious 
number, but we're not in a declared state of emergency over crime, right? As a matter of fact, we are not. C- city officials keep telling us that everything's okay. We're doing just fine. Yeah, we're a very safe city, and there's nothing to see here. And on top of that, comparing that, 23 people per day are victims of violent or prop- serious property client crime. There's only 15 people in the hospital with COVID today. And it's been 15 for, uh, actually, I just pulled it up two weeks. So I just look at this and go, hey, we are clearly, the number of people getting it are very minuscule. The, 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 the depth of the sickness of those cases is to a cape place where not very, not enough people are seeking medical help. They're having to measure sewage. So I just look at this and go, uh, it's time to end this, uh, COVID declaration. Now that it, Everything you presented and just the logical thought stream of just common sense that you're laying out makes sense to me. What's the process for doing this, and how do you see the success potential of this happening in the county board? So as I understand it, there's currently a COVID emergency declaration at the county and at the city. So both have an emergency declaration in place. So in theory, what should happen is that both the city council and the county commission should declare the end of it. Um, by passing an ordinance that would just say this is over. Um, that's happened before. I mean, there was a fire down in South- southern Lancaster County. There was an emergency declared, and then the emergency was removed. So that's what needs to happen is both bodies need to declare the end of the emergency declaration. And um, at least on the county board, which is where I sat, where I brought this up last Thursday and tried to have a robust conversation, had a lot of opposition from my fellow commissioners as well as from the health department director. Um, I think the uh, chances of it ending soon are slim. <laughs> All right. So what what that means, people, and we'll get back to it because we're going to have uh, Commissioner Matt Schulte on the entire show, or I think we're going to, is uh, we'll eventually get the call for action. This sounds like another thing where we the people are going to have to talk about it and just go, would you stop for whatever reason not doing your job? Um, you know, the to have a, a COVID emergency right now seems a little far-fetched. Let's take some calls real quick. Sounds good. Uh, Mike, welcome to Drive Time Lincoln. I guess you have some questions about evaluations for uh, Commissioner <laughs> Schulte? Yeah, evaluations. Mine went up approximately 21%. I don't know people that went up 30%. And I know you're not involved with the school board, but what is one? What's the county going to do in regards to the mill levy? And do we have? what can we do? I know nobody goes to the school board budget meetings. But is there anything we can do so they don't get an additional 20% increase in their budget without tightening their belts and not raising the mill levy? That, okay, you have thanks, Mike. You, yes, you and you, Mike. You're asking a great question there. My my personal house went up twenty three point six percent. I think it was. They claim it went up a ton of money. I did nothing to it, like a lot of you. Um, my ho- house across the street did sell for a lot, and so that's part of what they're saying. So, just as a reminder for everybody, the way property taxes happen is that they take the value of your house times a mill levy. And then that equals how much you owe, all right? So when values go up, even if your mill levy stays the same, the end dollar amount you pay goes up. And so in in theory, what could happen, what should happen is that if, in le- if 
if values go up, mill levies should come down, and then you would get the same, similar, or at least similar tax, actual tax paid out um, this year over last year. So then you asked about the school board, and you also asked about the county commission. I will, I will comment on the county commission since that's where I'm sitting right now. We had our budget hearings uh, last week. I would be in favor of lowering the levy um, in the conversations, which it was a public meeting, so I'm not like saying anything that didn't get said out loud. Um, there was presentations to us of what would it look like if our budget grew by 2%, 3%, and 4%, which but all of those numbers seem very amenable to me. Mm-hmm. Like, I'm not objected to our, probably our, our tax base growing by 2%, 3%. So at least at the county, we're having conversations about an appropriate growth level. I, I, I have a feeling that some of the other entities, like the school board are not having that level of conversation. Yeah, it's a good call. I mean, and great, uh, great simple explanation about how the valuation uh, versus mill levy works and and how that balances out. And I would say that you know that is a very common um, frustration with people in Lancaster County as well as the state. The one thing I would say, folks, and it it, it absolutely doesn't help is just I have always believed living out in Nebraska for 20 years that literally there's a cost to living in Nebraska given our lack of population, really the nice things we have. Hmm. And part of that is there. Uh, To Craig's point, he's trying to make it fair and why does it jump so much. Um, And so at one level, we have to accept that some of our taxes are going to be higher just given the nature of the state. But at the same level, uh, we don't need year-over-year year rollover, and I think your explanation was good on that and how it works. I'd add two other things to that. Um, one is there, last year they passed this law at the state level that requires local entities whose budget grows by too much to send out these pink postcards. Do you remember? Did you get a pink postcard at your house, Jack? I did too. And it was interesting because in those budget hearings that we had at the county, that was one thing that was talked about is we don't want to grow our budget enough that we have to send out pink postcards. So I think that law is having an effect. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, it's one of those things. That it's like, oh, hey, we got to give you a heads up because it's going too quick. And there's, you know, there's some shenanigans. But I would say, you know, get involved at the conversation at the county commissioner level and, you know, pay attention to the evaluations uh, as Craig did. Let's go to Marvin. Marvin, welcome to Drive Time Lincoln. Do you have a comment for Commissioner Schulte? Yes, I do. Uh, the uh, the school board in particular saw an advantage to this uh uh, the mill levy staying the same and the property value is going up as an advantage to get get a bunch more money that they could put into their budget, plain and simple. And on the and on the uh, uh, emergency COVID dec- declaration, our honorable mayor saw this as an advantage for a, a situation for her to take power and show that she's really in, cro- in control of this thing. And so that's why it hasn't gone away. Let's just be honest about it, okay? Mm-hmm. Appreciate the thoughts, Marvin. Appreciate the call. Um, you know, he's he's got some politicking angle there. Um, I, I would say first, I've always been curious. I'll let you respond, and we'll go to break and give you some time to think about that. Uh, yeah, school board's an interesting one to me. The schools are getting a lot of money, and everybody knows that. And there just seems to be a little bit too much, quote-unquote, lobby uh, from how much the public schools need to do their jobs. Um, not to say they should be pulled of funding, but um, I, I would have to say that there's probably some of that thought process in 
the levy slash valuations, and then with regard to the political games that we've seen be played with COVID across the nation, um, we'll examine those. We'll get Commissioner Schulte's thoughts on those when we come back. 1,499.3 KLIN. You're getting the 411 from DTL with Commander Jack Riggins on 1,499.3 KLIN. All right, we've got uh, County Commissioner Matt Schulte here on Drive Time Lincoln this Valentine's Day. Um, last caller talked about schools. I think mm-hmm. that when most people think of their property taxes, they do think about public schools because it's pretty common knowledge a vast majority of that money yeah. goes to, to LPS. Yep. You're, I mean, if you were to look at it, um, the percentages vary a little bit, but in general, 60% of your property taxes are going to the schools. It's about 15% is going to the city and 13% is going to the county. And then the rest are to some other even smaller organizations. But yeah, that's when people are upset about property taxes, they point to schools. And I think rightfully so. Yeah. Uh, we'll also talk a little bit about, uh, the, the politicking, if you will. Uh, of COVID, you know, maybe around the nation and, and what we've seen here in Lincoln. Obviously, I've been very vocal about it, especially when we were in our extra mass mandate and, uh, caller kind of brought that up. I, I think, hey, let that, me, can I point it? Yeah, absolutely. I think that's a classic example of why we need to end this thing. We've right. been out of masks for a year. Right. You know, a year. This isn't just like, oh yeah, we canceled the mask mandate two weeks ago. Let's end, let's quickly end. I mean, it's, it's a logical look at this and saying there's a major spike a year ago. We had masks. They went away after spring break. Let's, let's, let's end this mandate. Well, I have to be honest. That's why I'm glad you called and, um, you know, I, I didn't know if this was going to go down, but it's worked out good. And the LGS wrote a story about you bringing it up is if you're not there, we wouldn't even know this. And I just mm-hmm. it's, it blows my mind that we're in a state of covid emergency declared. Right. I mean, we should know that, you know, <laughs> we'll talk about it more with County Commissioner Matt Schulte when we come back. Fourteen hundred ninety nine three KLIN. Everybody in your crew identifies as either Big Mac burger, McNuggets or McCrispy sandwich. But you're the filet fish sandwich all day. That crispy fish, that savory tartar sauce, that melty cheese, that pillowy bun. Yeah, you get it. Every time. And if you love the filet fish right now you can catch two of the classics you love for just $6. Limited time only. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer. Single item at regular price. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba. Don't you love an extra $100 in your pocket? Have a TurboTax expert file your taxes for you by March 31st to get $100 back instantly. Because no matter what moves you made last year, TurboTax makes them count. That means getting $100 back and 100% accurate taxes only from Intuit TurboTax. Must file by 331. Credit only applicable to federal filing fees with TurboTax full service. Offer can be modified or terminated at any time. Drive Time Lincoln with the Commander Jack Riggins on the Voice of Lincoln, fourteen hundred and ninety nine three KLIN. All right, folks. Uh, Tuesday, February fourteenth. Happy Valentine's Day here from all of us at Drive Time Lincoln. Johnny Cadillac's executive producing the show. I'm your host, Jack Riggins, restoring American values and bringing common sense to the capital city. We got uh, County Commissioner Matt Schulte on right now. Um, if you've got a question or thought, he's been. Uh, Answering folks' question on the Rickstein Recognition Hotline, 402-479-1400. Really talking about, you know, the big big one, that uh, we're still in a state of emergency, according to uh, the county commissioners. Um, I would suspect Lincoln City Council, too. 
um, and you finally said, hey, what's going on here? And uh, have really brought this forward to the public eye. Now, most people, and you've laid out a good case of why it's time to move on, um, but uh, interesting enough, texter uh, Chris said, John Hopkins even shut down their COVID tracking system today. Um, I'll take you at your word, Chris, until I can fact check that, but uh, that kind of makes sense. The other one, uh, Will, he said, what are the implications for staying in the COVID declaration? Meaning, does it give government agencies a, a locally here additional power or authority? That's a good question. I, I mean, yes, it does create a place where there could be some additional power. I mean, Matt, I mean, it's probably not going to happen, but tomorrow there could be a mask mandate put into place because the emergency declaration exists. And so um, just recognizing this as a legislative body that we're no longer in a place where we need to have that immediate response or immediate mandate coming from the the health department, um, whether city or county. Um, and so there is some implications to that. Um, but outside of that, I really can't think of any. I mean, we're getting press releases every Tuesday out of them. Maybe that was would slow down. I, I do think that there is a real case that could be made for the taxpayer dollars being better used elsewhere. Yeah, and that was, I mean, I think you're right in the, in the sense of, folks, you know, if you go back to the, the second mass mandate, school was starting, and so you had a lot of people frustrated with the school boards coordinate with Lincoln City Council, with the mayor, you know, to do all of this here. In the end of the day, that could happen again tomorrow mm-hmm. because the expanded way when there's a declaration set. So if we let it go or we say, hey, we're not, you now have more checks and balances to make sure we're in a pandemic or we're in an emergency declaration and, and all the data speaks that it's time for it to go. The other question is, how, with regard to county funds being directed towards support issues is it funds or is it manpower or is it where people are working you know there's a lot of uh manpower currently assigned to this i mean if you just stop and you think about the fact that there's a press release that the mayor and the health director roll out every tuesday um there's a lot of data collection that happening i'm not saying the data collection is going to ultimately totally stop because they're collecting data on other things as well but but there needs to be some reconsideration of perhaps we need to reassign some of these man hours away from this declaration and back to some other med- uh, emergency or not medical city things. and county yeah, business city county business that that is more pertinent to today yeah absolutely um hey real quick programming note uh county engineer pam dingman will be on tomorrow to talk about snow and how our city and, you know, I really think of these men and women as grinders getting out there and keeping the city and county, you know, clear when we do have snow. And I didn't get her on last time. And so I saw snow in the forecast. And I said, hey, let's get her on this time. Um, so she'll be on tomorrow. Yeah, this is an interesting thing with uh, the declaration, amongst other things. I mean, I think a lot of people are actually very surprised to find out, oh, we are. <laughs> yeah. Were you surprised? Oh, I know. No, I mean, no, I knew we were. Right. So, but that I had known that just from running for office and sure. you know being paying attention and seeing every single week that a COVID update is on the agenda. Sure. So I was aware that it was in place and um, feel like it's time to end the COVID emergency declaration. Well, and I think with you being on this show and you also you know having an article out there, you know what it's going to take is you know the people to also get involved what can the people do who can they talk to besides you uh, on the county board um to really say hey come on let's just get the people's business done here this is this should be easy 
Yeah. Um, but what is the call for action so for all the a, listeners? A couple of a couple of things I would say. Um, first of all, to people in general, if you feel like it's time to end the COVID emergency mandate, send an email to your county commissioners. Send an email to your city council. Just search Lincoln City Council or Lancaster County Board, and there is a general email that you can send, and it'll go to all of them. Secondly, you could show up and testify. Um, I know specifically the Lancaster County Commissioners every Tuesday morning has a public thing where you can speak about any topic related to county business. So come out and show up. My third one is actually for you and your the business that happens here in the radio station. Are you station. looking at me? I You're am. looking at me. Okay. I am looking at you. I'm looking back. Here's the deal. Media outlets have given a megaphone to these things. And I would encourage media outlets, newspapers, radio stations, when you get that press release, delete it. You guys get so many press releases and you just delete them. But still, this station and other stations every Tuesday put that in their report. How many people got sick? Well, I hate to say you're preaching to the choir here. (laughs) I mean, I only have so much pull. But uh, you will notice we don't talk about it on this show. Um, but I, I know what you're saying is that we are propagating, we the media at large, we are propagating the fact that a city government is putting out a press release. And by the way, they put out press releases on all kinds of things. Yeah. But everybody, it's almost like guilt. Like, oh, if we don't put the COVID one up, somebody might say something bad about us. Yeah. And so we continue to put the numbers up all the time when in fact... I have said multiple times, let's put up, you know, the flu numbers, the cardiac arrest numbers, the obese people numbers, you know, because that's more violent crime, violent crime. Yeah, yeah. violent crime. Yeah, I'd love to do that one all the time. Um, That's (laughs) I appreciate that. That's good. And that's true. I mean, this media outlet, as well as others, listen, don't keep for whatever reason propagating that there is a problem out there because there is not. Yeah, there is not. We are back to normal. Yep. I would just say, and like I said, I think. Some people might hear that and think, oh, how heartless. Don't, you know, don't talk. But that happens to press releases all the time. I have sent out, I don't know how many press releases trying to get attention for some great work that the the nonprofit I'm running does and hear nothing back. And so it's a very common practice. And it's it's really, it's not that what other things are happening in the community are bad. It's just that there's so much that it has to be filtered. So I'd encourage yeah. all media outlets to to filter it back a little bit. I think that is very fair, and I appreciate you bringing that up. Um, let's go to Debbie on line one. She's got a question for Commissioner Schulte. Debbie, welcome back to Drive Time Lincoln. Hi, gentlemen. Hello. Matt, Matt I've got a question. Yeah. I see that the emergency declaration went away, which I think it should, too. I mean, how difficult it is, would it be to have another one if there was some other kind of pandemic that automatically showed up couldn't she just have another one right away i mean you can start one up right you don't have to just wait for a federal declaration to have an emergency declaration do you correct so uh so there's one thing to just keep in mind is that we got two kind of government entities we're thinking about here we're talking about the city and we're talking about the county okay so the county could if we if we canceled this and then next week there's a new pandemic and it's whatever, COVID-55, I mean, we could absolutely pass a second one right away and make it happen in the county. On the city, my understanding is that the mayor can make a 
in an emergency declaration for 72 hours, I think it is, immediately. So, she, so the mayor can come out and say, emergency declaration, this is in place for 72 hours until they can convene the city council to then extend it beyond that. Um, that's my understanding of the way this one got into place at the city. And so that could absolutely happen again in a heartbeat if, if this or some other disease were to pop up that, that, although I, I sure yeah, hope. Well, it doesn't, it doesn't sound like there's any reason to keep it. If, <laughs> if we needed another one, it could be handled immediately. Absolutely. You're absolutely right, Debbie. Thanks for the call, Debbie. Okay. Yeah. I mean, it, Here's the deal. I mean, it, it, there was a lot of frustrated parents um, around the county at schools outside of LPS yeah. when the mass mandate came about. Um, I don't think we actually know the complete truth of how that all worked, but it, it's not a jump, and I'm not even saying it's a nefarious, but city council, county commission, the mayor, we're kind of in a small, if smallish county. Yeah. Um, People crosstalk. People figure it out. In the end of the day, what you're saying is, is hey, we're not in a pandemic anymore. We're not in an emergency, and it's time to remove that for a lot of reasons. For the people, um, for news agencies to quit covering it, but also to take resources that the county, and more than likely, if the county does it, the city should do it. The, the, those two entities should be lockstep in yeah. a place like this and uh, move forward. And uh yeah, I, and it could just be an oversight as well, too. Okay, so you ready for my great compromise? Yes. So here's the deal. I think it should end today. Some of my, some of the other city council members, county commissioners, they think we should wait till what? Till May fifteenth or eleventh when the federal government's done. All right. And I recognize that, and some of them are not moving in it. But actually, if we look at the history of COVID emergency declaration, the 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 time to turn the page has been spring break. Mm-hmm. At spring break is the first year is when all high schools went back full time in person. Last year was at spring break that the mass mandate went away. All right. So if we're not going to end it today, how about spring break? It seems to me like that would be a logical time to turn the page. I like that. Uh, drive time link in the commander supports. I like compromises because that's what we've got to do. But I will also say this. And you're right. The way you just described that. And I hope people listened. You mentioned that people are kind of allowing in local government, federal government to take the lead. Mm -hmm. But you said something that was so profound that I think it went right by listener's head, which is he's saying, no, here on the ground amongst the people I represent in my area, here's the right thing to do. And we have forgotten in America that it's supposed to be local government to state government to Washington, D.C., right? We have the power. So... What he is saying is that's here on the ground. I don't need the federal government's decision on this, right? Mm-hmm. They'll do their thing. What's interesting is go back, call to action. You'll keep fighting for it. Just like everybody, we should compromise, and that sounds like a great compromise to me. But I appreciate that you're looking at it from the bottom-up approach of what's good for this community and this county and not really paying much attention to what the big federal government's saying. Because they're off chasing balloons right now, you know, from high school kids. And if it were up to them right now, they'd want to keep this 
thing going on and on and on. Hey, real quick, there was another thing in the news I saw. I always try to do my homework that you testify. Ah, you yes. testified, and it's interesting because most of us know detasseling. Yeah, and so LB three nine three. It's a change of regulation of detasseling and roguing and hybrid seed corn. Um, that's not going to sound like a lot to you that title, but it's got an interesting dynamic that's played out with as a thing that obviously a lot of local seed folks and corn folks are able to get labor. It's been a big part of Nebraska culture for young people being able to get some of their first employment. And now we've got a lot of immigrants, migrants, maybe people on work visas that are in there as well. And so this this potential law came up, and you went and testified. I did. I showed up and testified yesterday. It's Bill 393, which is just a number, but it's a number. Um, and I, so let me just say this. I detasseled for three years in high school. And as a matter of fact, to be a Schulte kid, which I've got four of them, <laughs> they're, they're all required to detassel one summer. Let's at least experience it, learn the value of hard work. And then secondly, one of our goals, and that is to expose them to agriculture. You know, city slickers like my kids need to get out and experience the largest part of our economy in the state of Nebraska, which is agriculture. And so detasseling is a great way to teach them hard work, to get them out in the field to experience agriculture. And so there's been a major threat to these jobs for teenagers. Um, And it's not just a threat. Actually, 23% of detasseling, local detasseling jobs have been shut down by seed by big ag seed companies and the what what the threat is is that there's migrant groups that are um, using an h2a visa and they're basically hiring a crew and then they'll detassel in texas they'll detassel in oklahoma they'll move up to kansas they'll hit nebraska and then eventually they'll head out west and do some stuff in california and so it's like a migrant traveling work group um, that is supplanting teens and their opportunities to work hard in the field and experience detasseling and so this bill is set up to help not eliminate migrant workers from working in Nebraska, but to give some competitive advantages back to the local economy, which is the best place for dollars, these dollars to be spent is to be used to hire local workers so that those local workers like my son can buy Lego from Hobby Town in Lincoln and keep the local economy going rather than see it move along with them as they kind of migrate throughout the, the U.S. Yeah, you know, it's been a big part of not just Nebraska youth, but uh, around the Midwest, wherever there's seed and and corn in particular. Um, I know I really liked your statement about get to know agriculture, because, you know, I went into those fields and uh, I did get to understand agriculture (laughs) and I started chewing my tobacco and I haven't stopped yet. Uh Uh (laughs) No, kids, that doesn't mean you have to do that. here's, Here's how this bill does it. Um, is that it? What it does, it actually does it by also creating some protections for migrant workers. Currently, migrant workers can work from sun up till 10 p.m. at night. Like just these in horrible work hours. And what it does is it says, part of it is it says is that detasseling jobs and stuff like that need to shut down at 5 p.m. So that it's a normal kind of length of work day. Put some of the competitive advantage back to local jobs. Um, but also protect those migrant workers from these excessively long, hard work days. That's all good. You brought a lot of good information. You always do. That's probably why your candidacy was successful. How has it been? Uh, changing subjects a little bit. 
getting back in because you were on uh, the school board yeah. and took a little break and, uh, you know, getting back into the, the people's business. I've really enjoyed it. It's been a lot of fun. It's quite different. So the, this, the school board, the budget's a lot larger, two and a half times larger than the county. But I would say that the county is more complex mm. um, because if you think about there's LPS has 60 schools, but they all have the same kind of business model, principal, assistant principal, counselor, teachers. Whereas at the county, all every department is totally different. To give you an example, last Thursday, I've been trying to meet with department heads. Last Thursday, I started off by having coffee with the director of the Noxious Weed Board. Mm. And then I spent, um, I went and toured the county jail. Um, so went out and visited the 600 people in jail. And then I finished my day with a meeting, uh, with the RTSD, the Railroad Transportation Safety District. So you got noxious weeds, jails, and railroad transportation. And so it's, it's just a much broader, um, knowledge or broader breadth of, um, impact on our community. So, um, I'm learning a ton. Glad to be there. Still got a long ways to go. Um, but yeah. Well, that's good. I mean, I was happy to see uh, you get in there, not just because of my politics, but I think you think through things. And I think, uh, you know, even though you didn't uh, plan to come in here and, and do something which I found to be profound, which is to show that representatives start at this level and and you can make decisions. It's within your power, Commissioner Schulte, and the, and the board there, as well as city council, to end this declaration. And I think that's what most of Lancaster County and the city of Lincoln would want. Uh, we're going to take a break, and we'll come back. 1,499 KLIN. You're getting the 411 from DTL with Commander Jack Riggins on 1,499.3 KLIN. All right, uh, County Commissioner Matt Schulte's been in all hour. We've had quite a few calls, quite a few texters. Uh, he discovered that, yes, we are in still a COVID emergency declaration, both county and city, and he's kind of gone on the press tours talking about it, which I appreciate. Thank you for doing that. It's my pleasure. I, I think the people need to know, and while... It should be easy to change. You laid out a roadmap of, of when it could be done, which is good. And I would point out that one of the reasons why this is an important issue to me is because I heard it directly from the voters. This isn't necessarily something that Matt Schulte just came up with, but especially, especially when I was down campaigning in Hickman and Panama and Denton and those places outside of the city where they are, don't have the option to be a part of the mayoral election and they were fed up with the, the mayor and the, and, and the health department who's hired by the mayor issuing mask mandates for Hickman and Panama and Denton. And so I heard this very loud and clear. And so as I've walked into office, I've been, I've come in with the desire to represent that voice of the people that elected me. Yeah, I think that's one of the more politically tenuous times is when we went back to school and, you know, all across the county, masks were enforced and it went on for a long time. And, you know, be that as it may, it's nice that, you know, Lincoln dominates kind of the county. However, right, you represent, as well as the county board, a whole lot of other people other than people in in Lincoln. And so, you know, getting it balanced and right, and this just seems like a kind of slam dunk case, you know. Um, but nonetheless, people, once again, we got about 30 seconds. What do they need to do? Hey, email your counselor, city council, email county commission. You know, reach out definitely because your voice should be heard. And I'd like to I'd like to hear voices from a lot of people around here. All right. County engineer Pam Dingman on tomorrow. We'll talk snow and how we handle it. Fourteen hundred ninety ninety nine three KLIN.